Welcome to the CC Broadcast, part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Reverend Steve Kramer, and his message, Truths to Live By. Mercy, me? Today we will be continuing our sermon series, Truths to Live By, based upon the Beatitudes of Jesus. Christ's subject for today is mercy. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty and merciful God, grant that we who have been redeemed from the old life of sin by baptism into the death and resurrection of your Son may be renewed in your Holy Spirit to live in righteousness and mercy and true holiness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. There's a Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and 7. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see and all I have needed thy hands hath provided great is thy faithfulness Lord Strength for today and bright hope 
hope for tomorrow Blessings all mine with ten thousand besides yeah. And great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Lord, every morning new mercies I see And all I have needed Thy hands have provided Great is Thy faithfulness Great is Thy faithfulness Great is Thy faithfulness, Lord I watched Mercy being baptized and welcomed into God's family. That's the chosen name of my friend's baby, Mercy. It's a lovely name that I know her parents hope her character will display as she is growing up. In today's Beatitude, Jesus describes Mercy as a desirable characteristic of Kingdom of God citizens. Born again through faith in Christ, God's plan for his children is that they would be people of mercy. Here we have Jesus saying today, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now let's review the meaning of that word again, blessed. Blessed is a state of well-being in relationship to God, standing approved before him, enjoying the fullness of living in a relationship with him. And Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. To be merciful is to have pity and sympathy towards the misery of others and then take action to give relief. The Hebrew word for mercy means to get inside someone else's skin, seeing things from their perspective, feeling someone's pain and desperation and need, and then seeking to alleviate their suffering. It's also closely associated with being forgiving. Well, in the Bible, God is described as merciful, isn't he? The Apostle Paul says God is rich in mercy, and in his mercy he has provided salvation for all people. Peter testifies to God's mercy in his first New Testament letter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The psalmist, in his praise of God, wrote, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And the prophet Jeremiah testifies, God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Jesus is described in the New Testament as merciful. When the beggars and the lepers cried out to him, Jesus, they cried out, Have mercy on me. Jesus was merciful towards them and healed them. He was well known for his acts of mercy. And in the book of Hebrews, we are told, therefore Christ was to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. In other words, his death on the cross 
was an act of mercy for a sinful world. We were helpless and without hope, and God came to us through his Son and lived the perfect life we could not live. He sacrificed himself on the cross so that hell-bound sinners like me might be forgiven and restored. And he was vindicated at his resurrection. Well, in today's beatitude, then, merciful is the word Jesus used to describe those who are citizens of God's kingdom. Those who, having received God's mercy through Jesus Christ, are now merciful towards others, like Jesus was. In this truth statement, Jesus does not specify the types of people he had in mind to whom his disciples would show mercy, but... His disciples did receive many insights from Jesus on this question as they followed him for the next three years. For instance, in Matthew 9, he said to the Pharisees and scribes who were taken aback by the kind of company he was keeping, tax collectors, outcasts, and other despicables in their view, why was he spending time with these types of people? And the disciples, by the way, probably were wondering the same thing. They heard Jesus say, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. In other words, I'm doing my kingdom ministry, and it's about mercy to all sinners needing God, no matter how despicable you may find them. Jesus once told a parable about a Jewish traveler who had been overcome by disaster at the hands of robbers. A priest and a deacon saw him lying there and passed him by. But along came a Samaritan who was an enemy of the Jews, and he took pity on the man and went to him and took care of him in a rather extravagant manner. And Jesus then asked, so who was the neighbor in this story? The response was, well, the man who showed mercy. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Show mercy to all people in need, no matter who they are and what their background is. The disciples witnessed his mercy to the untouchables, the, the lepers, to the poor and needy, the woman caught in adultery. They even heard him pray on the cross for God to have mercy on his enemies that were doing this terrible thing to him. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And when asked by Peter about how often the disciples should forgive those who sin against them, Jesus said, without limit, and then told him a parable, a mercy parable, about a king, a servant who owed a king millions of dollars. And when the king called in the debt, the man couldn't pay it. It was an impossible amount. He was really in the hole. The king gave orders to sell the man along with his wife and kids and all that he had in order to recoup at least some of the loss. So the servant begged him, have patience with me and I'll repay everything patience. <laughs> There's no way he's going to pay this back. But out of pity, the king forgave the man of the debt. The man asked for patience and instead got mercy. The king himself absorbed the loss. Now that same forgiven servant went out from there and ran into a fellow servant who owed him $30 and he grabbed him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. The fellow servant used the same line as that first servant used on the king. But this first servant ignored the man's pleading and had his fellow servant thrown into jail. No patience, no mercy there. Well, well this act was reported to the king, who, who then brought this unmerciful servant back to his court. 
court to face him, and he called the man wicked and asked, Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, the king delivered him to the jailers until he should pay his debt. And Jesus' commentary on this story was, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you don't forgive your brother from your heart. This parable is aimed at disciples who, like the first servant, have stood before God, unable to pay the massive debt of sin ourselves, deserving of a just punishment. But instead of that, we received God's mercy and forgiveness through the sacrificial death of his son, Jesus. And therefore, as recipients of God's mercy, kingdom citizens now, in response, we extend mercy and forgiveness to those who sin against us. God's been merciful to you, Jesus is saying, be merciful as citizens of God's kingdom. Now this truth from Jesus about showing mercy sounds different and strange and even wrong in a world which by nature has been quite unmerciful. In the ancient world of the Greeks and Romans, mercy was despised and viewed as a sign of weakness. One Roman philosopher said, mercy is a disease of the soul. Their culture admired justice, courage, and discipline, not mercy. Slaves were regarded as living tools to be easily discarded. Unwanted babies were left exposed to the elements to die. And as far as enemies were concerned, the only good enemy was a dead, en dead enemy. No mercy. This was the moral climate in which Jesus taught, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. And the world today, due to Christian influence over the centuries, might give mercy better press than the ancient world did. But that doesn't mean we live in a merciful culture. Our society still prefers to insulate itself against the pains and calamities of others, not wanting to get involved. Sometimes unkind judgments are made about others' ministry, us, misery seen in other parts of the world, or even in other parts of our own cities in which we live. I recently read an Associated Press story that was quite disturbing. Listen to this. The last thing LaShonda Calloway saw before she died was people literally stepping over her to continue shopping as if nothing had happened. Calloway had stopped to shop in a store in Wichita, Kansas, when she was stabbed in an altercation. As she lay dying, a surveillance camera recorded no less than five people stepping over her to continue down the store's aisle. Only one person stopped briefly to take a picture of Calloway on his cell phone camera. It was tragic to watch, one police spokesman said. The fact that people were more interested in taking a picture with a cell phone and shopping for snacks than helping this innocent young woman is, frankly, revolting. And sometimes mercy will be shown to the dependent, but it's oftentimes more of a show of, of power or control or manipulation that's seeking people's applause, dollars, or votes. And when someone hurts us, when we're thinking about forgiveness, this this culture finds revenge delicious and, for, and forgiveness by comparison distasteful. A good share of the movies that entertain us have us cheering for the good guy to get his or her revenge. And, and showing mercy to one's enemy doesn't really sit well with people at all, does it? It's, it's risky, it's foolish, you'll just get hurt again. 
You can't trust them. So that's the general nature of the world in which we live. No mercy. But along comes Jesus, who says to his kingdom of God citizens living in this world, the world may be like that around you, but such is not the case with you, who realize how dependent and needy you are on God and have received his kingdom, his presence, his provision and power and pardon in your life, who have mourned over your own sinfulness and received God's comforting forgiveness and mercy, who have given yourself over to God's control, trusting in his goodness, who have hungered and thirsting within for a right relationship with God and have been satisfied by God's merciful forgiveness in Christ. You've received God's mercy. Be merciful. Blessed by God are the merciful. You will be a shining light, in fact, in an unmerciful world that can attract others to God. History has shown that to be true. An article I came across asked, how did the coming of Jesus into the world change the world? And historian Rodney Stark argues that there was one huge factor that helped capture the attention of the ancient world, Christianity's revolutionary emphasis on mercy. He writes, in the midst of the squalor, misery, illness, and anonymity of ancient cities, Christianity provided an island of mercy and security. It all started with Jesus. And of course, we know the world sits up and takes notice when it sees victims, families of victims who have been killed by others, showing forgiveness towards them. Jesus attaches a, a promise on the second part of this beatitude. He says, they shall receive mercy. What does that mean, do you suppose? This promise does puzzle people. Does it mean that I'll receive mercy from others? Is he describing the reciprocity? What goes around comes around. Well, that view is only half true at best. The Roman soldier whose ear was reattached by the merciful Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane still saw to Christ's crucifixion. And the truth is we may not be showing mercy in return. Sometimes the merciful are trampled underfoot and taken advantage of. Well, then does it mean we'll earn mercy from God because of our mercy? that we're saved by this, like a reward for a job well done. No, that couldn't be true because the Bible teaches us over and over again that we are saved and forgiven by God's grace through faith in Christ. You cannot earn God's mercy. So what is Jesus saying to us? Well, first he's teaching that kingdom of heaven citizens are to do unto others as God in his mercy has done unto them. We can't buy his mercy. We are objects of his mercy through Jesus. But our mercy towards others is the evidence of that. The proof that we have obtained his mercy in the first place is that we now show mercy. And if we are not merciful, perhaps there is something off in our relationship with God. Perhaps we have not really repented uh, of our sins and received his mercy and entered his kingdom. We're still keeping God at arm's length and we haven't experienced the sweet relief of God's mercy and forgiveness towards us that changes one's life. Biblical commentator John Stott helps us to understand this with his explanation of the beatitude, blessed are the merciful, they'll receive mercy. He writes, the same truth is echoed in the next chapter when Jesus says after he teaches the Lord's Prayer, if you forgive men their trespasses, you, heavenly Father, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This is uh, 
This is not because we can merit mercy by mercy or forgiveness by forgiveness, John Stott writes, but because we cannot receive the mercy and forgiveness of God unless we repent. And we cannot claim to have repented of our sins if we are unmerciful toward the sin of others. Nothing moves us to forgive like the wondering knowledge that we ourselves have been forgiven first. Nothing proves more clearly that we have been forgiven than our own readiness to forgive. You see, our acts of mercy, whether it's helping or forgiving, is a reflection, it's evidence that we have truly received the mercy and forgiveness of God and entered his kingdom. We now live in mercy land, in grace land, and it holds promise for its citizenry who desire to walk in the footsteps of the king of mercy, Jesus Christ. Morning by morning, the hymn says, new mercies I see. It happens here and now. In the, in the relief of daily forgiveness for my sins as I confess them in prayer. God's merciful strengthening presence carrying me through hardships and challenges. And God's merciful provisions of daily bread to keep me going along the way. And Jesus talked of the promised mercy at the end of time for his own merciful ones. Listen to these words. And in the end, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, that's Jesus, and all the angels with him, and he will sit on his glorious throne. He will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. And he'll say to those who are on his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. And you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to me. And these people will ask, when did we see you like that? And the Lord will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. When I began this series on the Beatitudes, I said that we were not only going to examine the Beatitudes, but let the Beatitudes examine us. So the question is, am I merciful? Am I merciful? If not, perhaps it's time to take an honest look at your relationship with God. Perhaps it's time to repent of your own sinfulness and fall upon his mercy and grace for the first time to come to him poor in spirit, understanding your need of his mercy and forgiveness, mourning for your sin, to receive the relief and the unburdening he offers you. He promises to forgive you and give you relief from his judgments and welcome you to himself. But it's also important to keep in mind that mercy does not come naturally for us. Because of our sinfulness, we Christians still fall short in that area, Sometimes the old Adam and us, our Satan, will seek to make us doubt this truth from Jesus and hold back on mercy. We want to be merciful, but we don't show mercy. We set out to be merciful, but we don't show it. That's me. That's describing me to the T. And here's some good news, though, for you and me. We are a work in progress. Be not dismayed. Help has come. There's the work of the Holy Spirit of God in us. He's here to shape us and conform us into the image of Jesus, the Savior. He resides in us to give us the power to be merciful towards people who are in need of our sympathy and help, as well as those who have sinned against us and need our forgiveness. 
How does a person then participate in cultivating mercy? Well, by praying for the Holy Spirit to shape me into the image of Jesus, to soften my heart and give me eyes to see all people as Jesus sees them, in need of mercy and pity and help. Pausing to reflect upon the cross as well, where God in his mercy for pitiful sinners like you and me had his son suffer and die so that we might receive his mercy and forgiveness. Meditating upon Isaiah 53 or Romans 3 and 5 or the passion stories in the Gospels will do something to a person's heart. It works in us and humbles us and softens our attitudes towards others. And finally, jump into a mercy ministry in your community. There you can practice it and experience God's mercy, his strength and patience and joy as you help others in Christ's name. So that's the divine truth from Jesus for today. Be merciful, and you will be showing mercy. Trust it. Live it. Today I thought I'd use this old hymn as our closing prayer. So let's pray. Oh God of mercy, God of light, in love and mercy infinite, teach us as ever in sight to live our lives in you you sent your son to die for all that our lost world might hear your call oh hear us lest we stray and fall we rest our hope in you Teach us the lesson Jesus taught To feel for those his blood has bought That every deed and word and thought May work a work for you For all our kindred far and wide since Jesus Christ for all has died, grant us the will and grace provide to love them all in you. In sickness, sorrow, want, or care, each other's burdens help us share. May we where help is needed there Give help as though to you Amen May God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit keep you in his light and truth and love now and forever. Amen. Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the 
the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. But I grabbed that thing, and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean, I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head, and I, I heard it just like you and me are talking. Don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, that's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. <laughs> I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And mm. I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me, again, of how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player, Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. Like, <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.